Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show. I'm glad you have made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And today, we are off to the races. Yeah, our topic is on horse racing. And for those of you who love horse racing and love the Kentucky Derby and all of that good fun, we had such a great run at the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit. She was just a he, excuse me, he was just amazing. Unfortunately, soon after he tested positive um, for a banned substance, uh, and he when he ran at the um, Preakness, he came in second, I believe. And now going on to the Belmont, he is going to be banned. And uh, Bob Baffert, the trainer, is under suspicion. He's had some other challenges in a few other states as well. So what's it all about? Is it hurting the horse racing industry? Is there an impact? Uh, And what's up in Minnesota at our Canterbury Downs? And to take us to the racing world and the horse world in general is my dear friend Jody Wilking. She runs Wilking Tax Supply at Canterbury. She's a breeder. She's a trainer. She's just an all-around wonderful person. And I welcome you to the show, Jody. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Oh, absolutely. You've been on the show before. And, you know, I was thinking back, I'm like, how many years have I known Jody? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I think I've known you for 26 years. Of course, you were a toddler at the time. (laughs) But I think you are now the age I was when I first met you, which is just kind of incredible. Oh, wow. I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. 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 We've had, we've had a lot of fun over the years. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Um, you have been my, my trainer, my mentor when it comes to horses. You, you are beyond a horse whisperer. You, you, you are one with horses. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. <laughs> well, let's share a little bit about your background. You ran, you, you, uh, grew up with a family run stable and your family bred horses, some of the best, well, I'll say the best quarter horses in Minnesota. Um, so mm-hmm. tell me about that. Tell me about growing up around horses and, and that being your family business and now your business. It definitely was the family business. We um, Pine Ridge Stables in Shakopee, um, born and raised. Dad was a trainer when he grew up and uh, started this boarding facility in Shakopee. We had over 80 head of horses there. Um you don't want to say over half of them were ours, but <laughs> at, at some points they were. Um, he he didn't have a stallion, but we had um, just a few mares. He was all about breeding quality and not quantity. And with the, the small quantity of mares that he did, he was very successful and um, was one of the top breeders in the nation uh, for quarter horses with just his, um, just a couple mares and had that quality there behind him. And I learned a lot through him and his experiences and dealing with different, um, boarders who would come and that would be first time horse owners, uh, with their horses coming to the barn and they had lots of questions. And so it was a lot of it was trial and error, but that's kind of how the industry is. You learn, you learn from your elders and you, you figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, uh, you just listen to the horse. And with that, I also want to make sure the audience knows this. If you've got questions today, we're opening up the um, the call in to ask Jody about horses, about racing, about questions you may have. And that number is 952-946-6205. Again, that's 952-946-6205. Now, you went off to college to study about horses and um, – 
you, you've also got some other certifications. Tell us about those. Yes, I went, um, I was one of those children that, you know, why apply to 15 colleges? I, you're going to pay them money. So of course they're going to take you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was lucky because I applied to River Falls and they did. And I studied uh, veterinary medicine with a um, minor in the equine and they have a wonderful, um, program over there for breaking colts and every spring in may we miss the sale but they do an online auction for selling 40 40 headed colts that were started by the students and very um good foundation put on those colts and then i went on to um be certified in equine massage that was out in colorado right did you go to colorado yeah yeah and at that time you know eons ago people weren't too open about it but yet you could i could feel the different muscles in our body and for myself you know a good massage always feels you know fabulous the next day so i just thought it would benefit the horses and at the time i was competing pretty hard and i just wanted to be able to benefit my horses the best that i could keep them uh in the best shape and feeling good and that's why i did it And I did it for my own horses. And then once people, you know, caught, you know, what are you doing? They started asking me questions so that I start branching out and doing other people's horses. And um, they really, horses really respond to touch. Yes. I mean, I think that's their... Um, their sense of choice. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're pretty visual. Most of our senses is, you know, wrapped around the visual. But for a mm-hmm. horse, I really believe, you know, touches how they communicate. I mean, they can feel that little fly landing on one hair on their back. Uh, Absolutely. And so I, mm-hmm. and especially with us, you know, being on their back, it's kind of nice to, to give mm-hmm. them a little break and, and, um, and give them back something after they give us so much. Now, I know you Absolutely. were competing all over the states. I mean, you were down in Ohio, you're down in Oklahoma with the quarter horse world. Um, mm-hmm. how did you then get into racehorse work? What, what, what drew you to, to work at Canterbury initially or, or, or racing in general? Well, Canterbury opened in 87, mm-hmm. and I just thought, how exciting is that? But my father um, uh, really didn't want me to go clean somebody else's stall. <laughs> he wanted me home and cleaning his stalls sure. and throwing his hay. So I wasn't when I was a teenager, I didn't have the opportunity to come over to Canterbury. And then um, out of college, and uh, my name got tossed around, and so... A friend of a friend recommended me for uh, the shop on the backside who Roger Wacker was a family friend and he needed help um, running the supplies to the trainers on the backside. And uh, a little part-time gig turned into taking over the shop. Uh, and now it's and so, Wilking ta- Tax yes. Shop? Isn't that great? Wilking Tax Supply, yeah. And we're... we're um, a supply store on the backside of Canterbury, and we have supplements and stall ties and halters and equipment, racing equipment, brushes, you name it. Anything that a racehorse would need, we just run to the barns to, at the trainer's request. So you supply to the trainers, but if folks wanted to come and say hello and they're coming to the Canterbury, they could come and they could you know, buy a halter or buy a brush from you as well, right? Absolutely. Would love to see them. And then, you know, we can talk shop. We can talk if they're interested and, find, you know, all these racehorses need another home. 
Uh-huh. After they're done racing, they're, they've seen the world, their sound, and they would love to be loved and to find another opportunity to, to work. Tell me about so, that. Is there a program? I, I, I vaguely remember hearing something about a program that helps place racehorses or is it just through the um, you know trainers that, that make it aware that, that they have horses that are open? Yes, trainers are always looking for opportunities to uh, find another home for a horse that just doesn't want to run anymore. Mm-hmm. And they there's an organization called canter.org, and you can look them up online, and you can um, – it's kind of like uh, an ad- adoption service for horses. And so you fill out an application, and as horses um, come available, you can apply – to adopt that horse through canner.org. And so Canter, Minnesota has canner.org. And then also, uh, Doc Pullman, the nicest man in the world, he has a farm up in northern, um, North Dakota. And Canterbury has a program where the horses that have ailments, they're unsound, they're hurt, or something that just cannot be sold privately, go up to Doc Pullman's farm. And they can either be retired permanently or um, heal and then be adopted out. So there's definitely options out there. And you can also uh, buy privately. Um, you can come into the shop. I can tell you which trainers are selling horses, selling horses that are con- going to continue to race. And if you want to get into the racing industry or you want a horse that's, you know, done racing and you want to make it a jumper or a trail horse or a barrel horse or, you know, a new job, they're all, all different levels are available. Now, do people partner in investing in horses and having, you know, more than one owner? Is, is, do the, our partnerships open as well as selling the horse outright? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Canterbury on, um, Canterbury's website, they have different trainers on the backside who have um, syndicates or groups that come together and for a small, modest fee each month, depending on the horse and depending on the situation, you can own your own racehorse and um, not you know, not put a mortgage down to own it completely. (laughs) So you can own it with 15 other people and split the bill and enjoy the fun. They send you uh, information on your horse, tell you how your horse is working, the ailments, the, you know, he had a bath today or he worked today. He races on Friday and you can come down to Canterbury, rent a table and have all your friends there and get in the wind pitcher because it's your horse. And so you, if you're a part owner, you can go back and um, obviously you'd want to make arrangements ahead of time. But right. you, you'd be able to, you know, have the same pride as if you were, you know, fully owning that horse and being able to visit and take care of, you know, be able to give it a little uh, rub on the nose and maybe a treat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. It's your horse. Absolutely. Yep. Different trainers have different, um, you know, requests. We all it's it's their barn and we're going to respect the rules and you know what they want done in their barn but absolutely call ahead say i want to come see Susie and give her some carrots and they're going to be right there supporting you because it's it's your horse essentially whether you own a tenth of it or 75% of it 
Well, it's your horse. Well, in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some other programs, the My Race Horse, and um, and and then we're going to get into what's up with um, Bob Baffert and that whole racing uh, drugging mm-hmm. challenge. So stay with us. We'll be right back after some commercials, and we'll talk more about going to the races with our guide Jody Wilking. Welcome back to Connections. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and today we are off to the races. Our topic is on horse racing as well as horses in general. And we have a wonderful guide for our show today. She's more than a guest. She's a guide. Uh, Jody Wilking. <laughs> she runs the Wilking Tax Supply at Canterbury. And we're talking all about the races and all about horses. And one of the first questions um, that I have for you in this segment is – what has the last year been like at Canterbury with COVID and oh, have there been changes? You know, what's up? It was um, a questionable year. We, uh, a lot of the trainers and the horsemen uh, didn't know how it was going to look mm-hmm. last year and whether they, you know, at any given moment, the races were going to be canceled. You know, the, the state of Minnesota were going to, sh- was going to shut us down. And so, um, obviously there was no crowds in the stands and that was the biggest change that I noticed is Minnesota Canterbury Park is known for their crowds. Yeah. It is just a high having, bringing a horse up to the front <laughs> and just the, the screen of the people coming to watch. It's just, it just makes your heart pump knowing that your horse is coming to the paddock and um, people are watching, and then to have a win at Canterbury Park with everybody screaming, and it was, it's phenomenal. Whereas last year with COVID, it, it was a lot of the horsemen that were in the crowd, and there wasn't a lot of um, other people there. The crowds were a lot smaller and, you know, had to be restricted, and uh, it was just a different feel. So this year we're truly looking forward to having the crowds there uh, cheering the horses on and seeing us run and supporting the sport. And, and over the years, I mean, I, getting back real quick, though, <laughs> I want to make a comment about uh, not many people in the um, <laughs> in the stands. I mean, the Kentucky Derby didn't take place till fall, and it, and it was so sad. There was just like no one there. I mean, it was, even on TV, you look and they go, "Wow!" You know, in some mm-hmm. ways, it may, it may have been nicer for the horses because there's not that mm-hmm. much noise and distraction. But it was a weird year when it came right. to racing. Um, well, if you think of it as a spectator, just from my competing years, uh, I ran a lot of rodeos. And so a lot of competitors will tell you when you're, um, when you're running a new horse, yes, you don't want the distractions and, you know, different horses take it different ways, but that crowd really pumps them up. The horses know they're running in front of a crowd. That's so and sweet. So they're, they're, gonna, they're little yeah. stars. They're, they're waiting <laughs> exactly. for the spotlight. It's mm-hmm. all about me, says the mm-hmm. horse. <laughs> they know it, and uh, they're proud. So uh, they, when the crowd is hollering for them and cheering them on, they they run a little harder. I love they know it. that grandstand is in the view. I love it. I love it. And I do want to make mention, you were Miss Minnesota, as I recall. Uh, <laughs> rodeo queen. <laughs> rodeo queen, as I recall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You, you had a wonderful tenure uh, doing that. 
Yes, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, put a lot of miles on that truck going to the different rodeos. But And you helped me with that, definitely. Oh, it was great fun. It was great fun. Mm-hmm. I loved every minute. Um, <laughs> but getting back to racing now for just a moment, have you seen changes in the whole drug testing challenges at Canterbury? Because, I, you know, it, it, it is a heartbreak to see Medina Spirit, who ran such a beautiful run, um, get tested for the steroid um, betamethasone, and mm-hmm. but that's just like something you would. You know, it was an ointment for dermatitis, um, right? So, what's up with that? What do you think about that? How, how has Canterbury reacted to all that? In my, oh, you know, I can't speak for the officials or right, any right, of right, that. Right. It's completely my opinion, and it's opinion based. I listen to the horse horsemen talk and the different. Um, attitudes and the respect issues and the um, opinions out there and you kind of make up your own and uh, go online and read the different things that are there but uh, we have this zero tolerance um, zero tolerance for any illegal um, substances out there Uh, but on the same respect our labs have gotten so good at detecting minuscule amounts that there really is you can have zero tolerance but there has in my opinion has to be a line drawn of what's an unacceptable amount and what's an acceptable amount because there's products out there that have uh, minuscule amounts of different medications that are needed to clear up skin disorders Mm -hmm. and um you know if you don't clear up that skin disorder it's gonna flourish and pretty soon the horse isn't going to be able to compete and do the job that he loves to do. So you have to help the horse out and yet um, keep a wrap on all the illegal activity also. Right. So I truly believe that the officials and the horsemen need to come to an understanding or an agreement of what's a respectable level of different medications and what is, you know, absolutely not zero. Go down to the picograms, go down to, you know, this medicine should not be in the horse at all ever. Okay. We got that zero tolerance where the medicine like this. Yeah. You are absolutely going to use that, you know, two weeks ago, a month ago. When, when did it happen? Mm-hmm. When, you know, cause it's picograms. It's, it's trillions of a milliliter. So it's, you're talking to a layman, and when I hear trillions, you have to put that into perspective. It wasn't 50 cc's, you know, in and a $1,500. It was in a 1,200 pound horse right. on top of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's my opinion. Yeah. So now I'm, um, I'm here at the shop and got my only inventory in and, we are now looking at um, bicarbonates, where bicarbonates are in a bag of feed. Mm-hmm. You you look at your bag of feed. There's a bicarbonate in there, and there's it's an electrolytes, just standard uh, feed supplements for horses. And there is no bicarbonates allowed on the backside. And so that's the new hot topic for myself here at Canterbury is which ones can you use, which ones can't you, because um, a lot of them are good. A lot of them are needed in the horse's system. And now we're drawing back on even that. So where it's going back to just straight alfalfa and can you give them oats? I don't know. 
Hmm. Well, especially so, you don't know where all of the oats, how they get processed and was exactly. it near something that had a trace amount. And, and for, exactly. me, for me, it comes down to almost like two separate issues. There's the issue is, is it performance enhancing and is it giving you um, an edge that is um, that's unfair? The other is, how are you really taking care of the horse? And if you exactly. really care about the horse, mm-hmm. you don't want to take away something that you know is going to cause it pain. <laughs> but right. but what's acceptable? I mean, and and um, you know, I don't know if beta methazone is something that would enhance the performance. It, it, I, I, you would know better than I would on that, but um, you know, it, it's something that was essentially just to you know help clear up a little. If you've had skin disorders, anyone out there, you've used a little cortisone. This is you know somewhat what this is. Um, All right? Do you, mm-hmm. Would you want to go around with an open sore? <laughs> it's just it's, you know you've got to think about what what's going to help the horse and and what's. What because we know these things and medicine has improved, horses' lives have lived longer. Horses can live right. a happier and more comfortable life. So, what's what is the emphasis that supports the comfort of the horse, and how do you uh, look at you know what isn't performance enhancing? And and you know there are people out there that always will try and take advantage of whatever loophole there is. But mm-hmm. um, frank discussions need to take place. Um, and, right. And I've always, you know, I'll, I'll admit I've I've been an admirer of Bob Baffert for many years. Now, I can't say if he, this was right or wrong what happened and what was right intention or not. But, uh, you know, he's a good trainer and he's had seven horses win at the Kentucky Derby. And it's um, it's hard on the industry, I think, when someone that you admire like that and I hope that it doesn't impact people's wanting to to be a part of something as fun and exciting as as horse racing can be. I can absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And in the industry itself, all the responsibility goes on the shoulders of the trainer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely all of it. Mm-hmm. And yet when your trainer is large as Baffert, you have lots of assistance lots of grooms and it's a whole corporation bringing these horses uh to the front side and he has to take the responsibility of errors or um missteps taken by his team yeah it all goes right on his shoulders whether he made the decision or not it's somebody else could have been treating another horse and then went into that other horse's stall and had a little bit on his finger and it went into that horse's system. That's how small of a amount we're talking about. And how the trace amounts can be detected at mm-hmm. this point. Correct. And so that's where the labs, the horsemen's and the state vets really need to have an open discussion as to what is acceptable and what's not there's there's other industries that have drawn the line as what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what's performance enhancing and what's not. And um, right now, across the board, it's zero tolerance. And I just don't think picograms really enhance the performance of a horse. <laughs> it would be pretty amazing if it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, I know I've got to go to break. Um, when we come back, there are some fun jobs that are open at Canterbury that you want to be promoting. So, Oh, super fun. Yeah, yes. stay with us and we'll we'll hear about that. Also, if you want to call and ask questions about the horse world, uh, racing world, any of those good things, you can give us a call at 
952-946-6205. Again, that's 952-946-6205. Give us a call. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and today we have been off to the races, and our topic has been horse racing. And we have a guide, Jody Wilking. She runs the Wilking Tax Supply at Canterbury, and she welcomes everyone who comes to Canterbury to come down and say hello. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love visitors. Yes, and I loved in that uh, – I don't know if it was last segment or the segment before when you were sharing um, that if folks want to get into – Maybe even owning part of a horse, you can you can kind of give them the scoop. You can Absolutely. you can show them to the right folks and and uh, give them the, what that all entails. Absolutely, you can give them a rundown of what the financial costs. You know, you can you can step in it at any uh, level that you want: partial ownership, full ownership, ten horses, a quarter of one, uh-huh. wherever you want to be a part of it. You definitely can, and if you want to test the waters and work on the backside. We are looking for hot walkers. We are looking for grooms and it's on the job training. You have a passion for horses and you want to work with them and be a part of this industry. We are definitely looking for hard workers who will take care of these horses, clean their stalls, brush them, uh, wake up in the morning and come be with these majestic animals. They are beautiful. I, I did that mm-hmm. when I was in high school. When I was a junior and senior in high school, I um, I worked with uh, quarter horse racehorses, and uh, it it's it it's it's magic. You know, there's not no other word mm-hmm. for it. It's just magic to be able to spend time out there. So if you like the outdoors and you like animals and you have a passion for horses, um, there is nothing like it. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's very unique. Yes. You work you work very hard and it's all for the animal. Mm-hmm. It we're, all the horsemen on the backside are here for the animal. Now, on another topic, uh breeding, uh you mm-hmm. you had mentioned in the first segment how your your dad um uh, bred mares and you are continuing in that condition then that tradition. Tell tell me about you're you're looking to breed some of your mares. I am. I have a um a really fancy uh mare that I I purchased for my daughter and to show and um compete with and uh I've always had it in the back of my head that maybe one day I would continue in um I have uh, one mare left of my father's that I held on to and shown and done very well. And I think that uh, this is the year. I think this is the year that I'm going to um, do a cross and continue his legacy of bringing uh, high-quality uh, babies into this world. And I kind of have the opinion of if you're going to um, breed horses – then however many uh, foals you bring into the world is that's how many you should care for for the rest of their lives, uh-huh. you know. So that would kind of take slaughter out of the picture. So right, I don't right. think I'm bringing more into the to the um, chain there. I'm willing to care for several horses at a time for the rest of my life. So I I'm okay with my decision in bringing high quality horses to. Um, 
people who want to enjoy them. And I have the I have the stock, so it's going to be fun. Now, what's the we're li- excited? What's the line again that your dad read? He uh, set an impulse. Yes. So yes. he was one of the first um, breeders to a sudden impulse when uh, a sudden impulse was just a two, three year old. Nobody knew him. And my dad's friends even went, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> it was a small little stud that really hadn't accomplished anything. And uh, my dad took a chance and um, every one of the babies went on to great success nationally, uh, world champions, Congress champions, and uh, continued the line. And uh, some of the top studs uh, now come from a sudden impulse. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't mm-hmm. it? Your dad did have an eye. I will he did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and one of the great things about going out to your Pine Ridge uh, stable, and I kept my horses there um, and loved every minute that I had my horses there until I had my own my own place and could keep them in my backyard, um, was that you were so engaged with folks and helping them get to the next level, whatever that was, um, mm-hmm. whether it was getting to know a horse and then leasing a horse or buying their first horse or helping them get trained in um, horseback riding lessons so that they're safe on a horse. And you still do that. You still do horseback riding yeah. lessons. Um, and I want to make – and so I want to make sure folks know your number uh, to get a hold oh, of sure. you um, and that is 612-701-0056. And you take on new students. Uh, you'll you'll train people on horses or you'll advise people on buying horses. Uh, tell me about what you do. Uh, I do what I love. Uh, I absolutely do what I love, and I want to keep it that way. And I want to give my passion to horse of horses to people who don't know where to start, who don't know, you know, how do I how do I get into skydiving? I wouldn't have the first clue, you know. So who do I call? <laughs> and, and, and probably would... <laughs> not a good idea to do it with a horse to go skydiving. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> You just you don't know where the first step yeah. is. Yeah. And I saw a lot of that with my dad's boarding facility. People would go out and buy a horse that's not a great match and it was just a wreck. And yeah. so they were unhappy, the horse is unhappy. And it's just it's wonderful to see people so engaged and in love with the sport of horses and you can go out there and just groom the horse and graze the horse and give it treats and your horse is going to love you the same as if you were the top-notch competitor riding every day traveling the world you're going to find a match that works for you and it's it's all about that match and when that match is successful that's when i am just so excited and so happy because the person is in love and the horse is in love and everybody's happy and that's more than um that's more than enough for me and so if i can help somebody get into the industry and see how wonderful horses are uh whether they just want to ride a few times and not own a horse and maybe they want to try it out for a month you know, come ride my steady eddies, I call them, and they're going to keep you safe. They're not going to um, go any faster than what you want, and we build your confidence. And I tell everybody, if you stop asking questions in the horse industry, then you need to get out of the horse industry. Yeah. Even Bob Baffert is still asking questions. I guarantee you. He's asking his vets. He's asking his um 
fellow trainers. He's always asking trainers, other trainers, other horsemen. There's always stuff to learn about horses. And so to get into this industry, you just open your minds and start asking questions. And pretty soon you're going to find that little avenue that works for you. And I love helping people get started in the industry and finding what where's their road that they're going to take with this unbelievable passion of these great animals. And um, you can come out to my place and take a riding lesson, see if it's for you. If it's not, then uh, we can find, you know, call the skydiving guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other thing that I think is important for folks to know is that you're also good with working with parents and grandparents. That, you know, when, seriously, you, you do such a, a, a wonderful job. I mean, kids can have a great passion um, and they don't know what to do. You know, is this the right mm-hmm. match? I mean, they themselves might not be interested in horses, but they've got kids that are. And I know you've mm-hmm. got a, a horseback riding lessons, but you also have a kid's horse camp to help kids get to know the horses and then you can kind of evaluate, you know, is this something that they're going to have a long time interest or is this something that they were just, you know, wanting to get interested in for this period in their life and now they're going to be on to the next. Uh, Exactly. I've I've Mm -hmm. seen you do really good evaluations with parents and grandparents and helping them come to some decisions um, as to what's best for both the horse and for, for the rider. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it is a, it is a, just an impression. You can, I started the kids camps because I had so many lesson girls that wanted to um, own their own horse and have it at their house. And they have no idea the, the amount of labor. It's not like a dog where you can just lock them in the house and <laughs> see you later. You yeah. know, no. <laughs> you have to feed the dog and, you know, clean up. And the horses are quite the same. You clean the stall. You have to feed them twice a day and look for different signs. And that's what we go over in, in camp. And so that, um, brought on the daily, the kids that are being dropped off at, in the morning, eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And they spend the entire day with me doing my work they clean the stalls we feed the horses we brush we doctor we learn how to wrap legs temperatures veterinarian care and uh, all the different aspects of horse ownership and that's what i'd like to cover in my riding lessons yes we are here to learn how to ride and hold our body uh, on this animal but we are also here to be of service to the animal and um, give the quality care that we can to these these horses that would do anything for us. All they want to do is please us. So why not give it back to them? Please them the best that we can and take care of them the best way we know how and and, and learn every day. And you also are really good about asking the right questions. Um, I remember uh, I had just come out to lease a horse. A friend of mine at work had said, "Yeah, I'll lease you my horse." And I thought, "Well, that'd be nice." In a few months, you know, working this this lovely horse named Diablo Tough Star, Tuffy, and okay. we went out riding one day. And you went, "Well, are you going to buy this horse or not?" And I'm like, well, "I was just leasing it." Well, you want this horse, don't you? I'm like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> well, what's what's holding you back? Buy it, <laughs> so, which led to lots of other adventures and me going, yeah, I do want to own a horse. <laughs> so you, you inspire you inspire uh, folks to go to the next level, which I think is is always wonderful, and it's been wonderful for me. Now I have four in my backyard. <laughs> I, 
you put it so eloquently where I just say, I just pushed you over the edge. <laughs> that too. I pushed you over the cliff. <laughs> that too. And now I have four in my backyard. And, right. And with that, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll, we'll share at the end of the show again. Um, how to get in touch with you, which is 612-701-0056. Uh, go see her at the Canterbury and we'll, we'll talk about, um, what it would look like to go to the races and some ideas for folks to think about in coming out to Canterbury as well as coming out to see you. Welcome back to Connections. And we have been off to the races. Yes. Jody Wilking of the Wilking Tax Supply at Canterbury has been um, – Telling us stories and getting us excited about horses and all the wonderful things we can do with horses as well as things we can do when we go out to Canterbury. Uh, but first, I want to make sure everyone has her phone number. In case you're thinking about taking a horseback riding lesson or you've got kids that want to learn about horses or you have grandkids that you want to do something special, now that COVID is getting more under control and we're getting outside and doing more things, uh, why not learn how to take care of a horse and maybe someday they could even work at Canterbury being uh, a hot walker and a, uh, a groom. So to get to uh, our friend Jody, you go to 612-701-0056. And Jody, if someone comes out to Canterbury, should they just come right to your tax shop and you can tell them what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way of, uh, of doing it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you need, if you're in uh, in need of some horse supplies, you can just go right to the stable gate and say that you're coming to the tax shop and are interested in um, looking at the shop. Or if you're interested in becoming a groom on the backside. And just have questions that way. They can give me a call. You can call or text and I'll discuss with them what is usually expected from different trainers and what trainers are interested in um, new help. You know, they you typically will start you with a hot walker where you take the horse after a work and uh, walk them around the barns, walk them, graze them, um, keep them walking to cool their heart rate down. And then uh, grooms will take them and give them a bath and, um, clean their stalls, wrap their legs, and just rub them down. And so you can work your way up the chain, so to say, and being a horseman yourself. And if they wanted to come and kind of get the scoop, what's happening on the, the racetrack today? I bet you'd be able to say who's running and what looks good and what your, what your thoughts are. Because <laughs> yeah. be you know, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, you go to the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to go to the tax shop. We're going to talk to Jody. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. They can, well, they have handicappers up front. If you go to CanterburyPark.com, mm -hmm. they can go to, um, up front and they have the, um, uh, handicappers up there, but if you want more of a personal opinion, absolutely, I will tell them uh, what's the who's the hot trainer, <laughs> who I like the best, um, all that. So and they've got give an, them my they, personal they, opinion. They've got an insider at the track with you. Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> so if someone just decided to go and they've never been to Canterbury. Yeah. Give me a one one oh one of uh what that might look like for a family that's like, Yeah, I'd like to go see the races, but I'm kind of intimidated. I don't know how it all works. What is it like? Well there is so many different options and so you definitely wanna give it a try at least two or three different times and mm -hmm. try it differently each time. Um the first time you can get your tick tickets are on sale online if you buy your tickets online, two dollars. 
So what are you going to lose? $2. (laughs) Um, Come on through the gates and buy them online. Tickets online. I think it's $10 at the gate. But if you buy them online, it's $2. And um, there's the uh, paddock arena. My favorite is watching the horses come into the the races through the paddock and watching them come around and the announcer will tell you a little bit about each one and you fall, you know place your bet and then go and and watch the horse race i'm the, i'm the walker i walk to watch the race and then i go back to the paddock to see the next races come in <laughs> and if you're not so much a walker well then maybe go to the second floor they have a, a variety of different foods up there um and it's a balcony seating so you get this a bird's eye view and then they also have the upper level where you can reserve a table Ooh. for a group of you have dinner and just sit at the table with table service and bets right there at the table you no walking involved go enjoy your <laughs> glass of wine and your dinner and you know date night what a great date night or girls night it is um intoxicating you'll just fall in love with the place there's so much to do and there's each night is different and have you you, are you fully open now if our folks are vaccinated they don't need to wear a mask or is there mask still requirements do you know what's up with all of that right now I would not quote myself, mm-hmm. but um, I think being that we're outside, mm-hmm. there is uh, restrictions on the number of people, but um, inside you're wearing your mask, mm-hmm. and if close quarters you're wearing your mask, but right. um, we are back to having the crowds. And we this year's changed. Uh, we've always been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday racing, the weekends. Yeah. And this is the first year that we are now Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday right now. And in June, we'll, we'll bring in a Sunday. How fun. So, mm-hmm. They start at 5 o'clock. And on Sunday, they start at 1. And, and I bet and, the Tuesday would be great fun. Not quite as big a crowd, but, you know, just to be able to have it more a little bit to yourself until people get used to going to the Tuesday. I think I might do a Tuesday. Just to see what right. it's like. <laughs> well, we only have For a minute. Me, it's always fun. <laughs> we only have a minute left. Is there anything parting words that you want to make sure that folks know about uh, Canterbury and your shop or anything else? Well, Canterbury has a variety of activities. They have food trucks that come in. They have wine tasting, beer tasting, craft shows. Um, so much more than just the horse racing, along with the um, card games. Come play poker night. For the weekend, your husband could be playing poker. You could be watching the horses. You know, there's such a variety out here to do. And if don't hesitate at all to get into the horse industry. Come enjoy these horses. No experience necessary. We will teach you and get you started. And you can uh, reach uh, Jody about the Wilking Tax Supply at Canterbury at 612-701-0056. And you can have her as your inside <laughs> insider at the track. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jody, and have a great week, everybody. Get connected and go out to Canterbury.